Hello from Africa. We only have two weeks left. It's so hard to believe. Uh, I wanted to make this video today because I have received a question from one of you about the hottie dolls are very loud. Same gist of the question have been asked um, in many different ways. Basically, um, the message was uh, I'm 24 years old. I really want to be married and help meet to my husband and have a family. Um, I am not having any luck finding um, a valuable Christian guy at my job or through my work. I've tried online dating and that hasn't proven to be very fruitful. And basically, like, what do I do? <laughs> and unfortunately that's a very common problem for um young girls in our generation and that was my experience uh, so i thought i would share a little bit about my story and hopefully that would help um at least possibly give some direction of help or i don't know just clarity so basically i was um in this exact same scenario i was 24 years old, really wanted to be married. That's all that I ever wanted was to be married and have children. And uh, at that time, I had just gotten back from mission school. I went to mission school for a few months in California and I came back to Kentucky where I had lived before I went on to mission school. And uh, before I went to mission school, I was working at a graphic design job, which is what my degree was in. And when I came back, I just did not want to go back to the whole sitting at a desk thing. And someone told me working at Trader Joe's was really fun. So that's what I did. <laughs> I went and I worked at Trader Joe's. Honestly, that was a pretty good experience for me at that season of my life. During that time, I was really hopeful that I would meet someone through Trader Joe's, like some Christian guy. Um, and that just didn't happen. So uh, a year being there, like exactly a year, I started feeling very, well, probably nine months to a year, I started feeling very restless and frustrated, not knowing what else to do. And you would hear people all the time, like at my church, I'd be like, I just can't believe you're still single. And it's like, yeah, me too. <laughs> but no one would ever like help or like, here, like, let's be a connector and introduce you to someone. Um, it was more just like, wow, like, I can't believe you're still single. Like God has someone for you. And yeah, it's encouraging to hear that like, oh, I, I must be valuable. They can't believe I'm still single, but also like, can you help me out? Because it is hard. When you're at that age, you have to, you know, you're pretty much living on your own unless you have a, a great family that you can live under their household. I was living on my own with my sister and <clears throat> you just end up entering into both of the masculine and the feminine roles. So you have to provide for yourself, you have to promote yourself, you, you have to protect yourself. And it's just, it is hard. It is not easy. Um, that season of life of singleness and I think I did that season really well but I will be honest and say it was not easy during that time it was especially important for me to understand and I've said this in my testimony video that I've shared in the past but to understand that Jesus is my husband and that Jesus is my provider Jesus is my protector Jesus is my promoter and um, so I was really completely dependent on Jesus in that season as well and I think that's really important when you are single is to find your identity in being Jesus's bride so that way and being fine your joy and that and that way when you meet your husband you're not expecting all of your happiness to come from him 
um, but you already have that contentment inside of you. So now to what I did in that season that I feel was very helpful. So when I was feeling very restless and not sure what to do, not sure how I would meet my husband, um, I just felt that God wanted me to write down five different options of things I could do anything. What are five wild, crazy things that I could do? I wrote down, uh, one was uh, go to France. One of the leaders at our mission school was from France and she had invited me out several times. The other one was Guatemala. Uh, I had known a family that I had went twice to Guatemala when I was in college and they have a, a mission base there. My third option was to go to South Africa. My small group leaders in uh, mission school were, uh, in South Africa, they had started a mission base there and they had also offered for me to go out there and help them. So that was my third option. And then my other option was, uh, I had always wanted to work at a nursing home. Like I actually did my, my uh, senior year my graphic design internship, I did it at a nursing home, really just because I wanted to work at the nursing home, but they like allowed me to do graphic design for them. So that passed as like my course necessary. Um, so I always wanted to be like a um, an activities director. And in the city that I was living in, they were just starting a new um, nursing home and they were hiring an activities director. And so I had applied for that. And so that was my fourth option. And then my last option was to stay at Trader Joe's be disciplined and learn to tough it out and like make the best of that season. And I will say there are um, times when you're at a job, like I was at Trader Joe's or you're in a place and you have this like restlessness or you have this like holy discomfort, like something's off. And I think sometimes that is the Holy Spirit allowing us to be extremely uncomfortable so we will be so uncomfortable that we will make a move and so I think that's really important to discern too if you've been at this place for years and you have not met your husband there and no one's helping you meet anyone then maybe it's time to do this five options thing and then I narrowed it down to which of these five would require me to have complete dependence on Jesus and for me, that was the three traveling ones. And that wouldn't necessarily have to be it, but I thought, so the nursing home job, I actually did get uh, accepted and they were gonna hire me, but I was gonna be making less than what I was making at Trader Joe's. And uh, there was just no joy. I was like, this is, something about this doesn't feel right. And so I also think it's important to remember that God leads us also with joy. And I was not feeling joy about that situation. I actually did accept it. I said yes, and then immediately regretted it. And so I was like, oh gosh, something's not right. And so I had to call them and say no. Um, and then staying at Trader Joe's, it was actually pretty comfortable for me. I would stay at the same place that I'm living and you know, I would just be like angry and frustrated. Um, so yeah, I didn't feel those two would require complete dependence. The three traveling ones for me did because I had no money. <laughs> I had student loan debt and it literally made no sense for me to go anywhere. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna start praying about these three options and see what happens and how God directs my steps. So the first thing that happened was, um, I was living with my sister and for some reason we had football on. We never watched football, so I have no memory of why we had it on, but the game was over and this commercial came on and it was of this um, 
person who was uh, building these mobile homes in Africa and putting like computers in these mobile homes and teaching these kids how to learn and um, they were like interviewing all of these little kids and asking them what they wanted to be when they grew up and I just started bawling my eyes out watching this. Wow, this is really interesting. Like I'm crying about this and I've like never cried about this before, but something's awakening in my heart. So that happened. And of course I'm like, am I supposed to go to South Africa? Like there's Africans, South Africa. And um, then I had a dream. The curtain opened up and there was uh, Josh and Rachel, the couple I know from South Africa. And they were like waving me to come. And I woke up and I was like, that was very interesting. It was like a few days later, I don't know exactly how long later, but it wasn't more than a week. I go to church and uh, sitting behind me was this man that I had met through a, a crazy story. Um, and I'll, I'll share it because it's so funny. So two years prior to that, my friends and I decided we wanted, get, wanted to go and pray for people in hospitals. So we go into this hospital and we start walking the hall and we go into the first room that we stumbled across, knocked on the door. The family came to the door and we were like, would it be okay if we prayed for who's ever in here? There was two people in this room. We didn't know them, but we were in the first side. And so the old man that was in there was like, yes, please pray for me. So we started praying for him. The nurses find out, they come in, got really upset, um, ended up saying we're not allowed to be there, take us out in the hallway, the director of the nurses, some man came and was like, you're gonna get banned from this hospital. And then out of that same hospital room comes this man and wife and they were like, wait, are you kicking them out of the hospital? And the director was like, yes, they're not allowed to be here. They're not supposed to be praying for people. And the man was like, actually, um, can they please come in? We want them to pray for our grandpa. So we go back in and this man and his wife were like, we have literally been praying that someone would come in and pray for us. And it was her grandfather. And so my friends and I got to pray with them. And turns out this guy um, is very involved in the Christian community of the city that I lived in. So um, I had maybe seen him once or twice after that event, just because of the Christian circles. And it's pretty small in that city. So I go to this church. I just started recently going, sitting by myself. And after the service, I hear someone behind me say my name and I turn around and it's the same man. He's like, Kelly, like, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, just started going here. And he didn't go to this church. He was just visiting. And he was like, immediately just ask, so what country's on your heart? And I was like, that is so weird you say that. And I was like, well, um, South Africa. And he was like, why aren't you going there? And I was like, well, um, right now it's, I don't have enough money. And I guess the second reason would be comfort because I live with my sister, so she would have to find a new roommate and it would just be really hard to pack everything up and, you know, travel. And he was like, well, money is, um, God will provide. God always provides when he moves his children places he wants them to go. And comfort is never a good reason to not obey the Lord. He said, um, your sister can find a new roommate and watch, give God two months and he will provide everything you need for you to be able to go. So I left and I was like, hmm, I think that was the kick in the butt that I needed. And so um, I messaged Josh and Rachel, our, my friends, and um, I had this idea of February in my mind because I was like, I can get the money by then. It was middle of November. 
So I was like, that's about two months. And um, I was like, I'll just ask Josh and Rachel if they're gonna have anyone come out, any interns. So I Facebook messaged them and like a week later they get back with me and we're like, yeah, actually we were thinking about having an internship with um, mission students coming out starting in February. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is hilarious. And God totally provided, he provided all the money that I needed in one month, not two. And my sister got an amazing roommate and I was able to go to South Africa beginning of February. I left February 2nd and was there for three months. And it was my second to last week there that I met Scott. Scott was mutual friends with Josh and he came to visit Josh. So we'll share that video um, some other time. Uh, we want to do a, a video on how we met because it's really fun. Um, but had I never made myself uncomfortable in getting out of my comfort zone, I would have never met Scott. And um, I'm not saying this as like a formula. If you do this, if you like do this five list thing and then you go somewhere, you'll meet your husband. Um, I'm not saying that at all because I know many girls who've done wild, crazy things like this and they are still praying for their husbands. But I do believe that every move that we make, every time we are obedient to the Lord, he is connecting us with more and more people. And it's through those connections that we could end up meeting our future spouse. The best way to meet your future spouse is through connections, through people. I know so many relationships that they've met because someone introduced them. Scott and I are always, that's always on our radar when we know single people. And that's because we know the deepest desire of single people's heart is to get married. And so we want to help them in any way that we can. And um, so if you're in a place where there are no married people around you that are not helping you or not understanding that this is the deepest desire of your heart, then maybe start praying about if you should move. And that doesn't even mean you have to move your city. That could mean going to a different church. That could mean going to a different gym. That could mean going to a different coffee shop. <laughs> that could mean volunteering somewhere in your city that would feel very uncomfortable to volunteer there. That could mean even asking people in your life at your church, hey, um, I really want to get married. Do you guys know anyone that you see as extremely valuable that would like to get married? There's nothing wrong with putting that out there and asking that. Um, some adults, unfortunately, it's just totally off their radar to even think about those things. So there is no shame in being single and asking married people for help in this area and being obedient when you feel God is telling you to move. Um, when I quit my job as a graphic designer and went out to that mission school, I didn't know that I was gonna be placed in a small group under Josh and Rachel. They were going to invite me to South Africa and I was going to marry one of Josh's best friends. Two years before that, in 2014, when I was scared to death to quit my degree job, I had no idea that that decision was monumental and me sitting here in South Africa today with my husband. So I think it's those small steps of obedience that the Lord uses to introduce us to people and to guide and direct our steps. And God is so involved in this. He wants to help you meet your husband. This is besides giving our life to Christ and calling Christ our King, this is 
the biggest decision we'll ever make is who we're going to marry. So of course God is going to be involved in this. Of course God wants to help us and direct our steps. And I'd say in the same way, it's super important to be praying for your husband right now before you've even met him. And um, I say this from Proverbs 31 because it really helped me, but Proverbs 31 says, honor your husband do him good, not harm, all the days of your life. And that means before you even meet him. And you can still date and do your husband good and not harm. It's how you date. You can date and honor your husband, your future husband, and honor the person you're dating's future wife in case it doesn't work out. You can date well and honor each other and you can end the relationship after a month, two months, three months no shame because you are honoring each other. So there's no shame in getting to know people and have no strings attached that you're going to get married um, as well. So don't be afraid of someone asking you out for coffee and not being sure about it. You can go out for coffee with them and be like, yeah, you know, I'm not feeling this and that's okay. Um, yeah, we'll probably do another video on, on dating as well. But I hope all of this is helpful and I bless you. I bless your future husband and that um, during this season, God will make it super clear where he's directing your steps, how he's directing your steps, and that you will be at the right place at the right time with the right people. God bless.